God bless you all again for joining us today. And I'm getting ready to get right into this lesson today. Lesson title again today, we're talking about dealing with accusations. Now, have any of you all ever been accused? Now, whether it's been accused, whether it's right, or you may have been wrongfully accused, but we have always faced some type of accusation. Now, when a person accuses you, and I, I can speak from experience, when a person has falsely accused you, it, it really, it, it breaks my heart. And I know if it breaks my heart, I'm pretty sure it breaks you. It breaks and it can also wound our spirit. It causes us to question our worth and our value as an, uh, and our integrity as a Christian. So think about that. When people falsely accuse you, it hurts. And today the Lord wants me to minister to you regarding the false accusations that people have brought up against you to help you bring you out of that place. False accusations, when false accusations are given, it ruins our good name. It ruins our character. And again, like I said earlier, it really hurts, especially when the accusations are coming through someone who we trust and who we love, someone who we never thought would falsely accuse us or say the manner of things that they're saying against us. And, and really, honestly, they know in their heart that they, they are false accusation. It causes us to really withdraw. It hurts really bad. It's a deep wound that goes deep down, and it even it hits the very core of our soul. And that's the area where God wants me to talk, talk to you about today because there's so many people right now that you have been falsely accused. And because you've been falsely accused, the enemy is using that thing to try to bring you down. But the Lord is sending a word today to you to help bring you up out of that 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 place God wants you at another place we got to be able to combat all these accusations that the enemy is coming up against us in our mind we got to combat it in the spirit you cannot you cannot you cannot fight this battle that you're going through right now you can't fight it in your flesh it has to be through the power of God as I said false accusations they hurt but even a worse that whenever a person has uh, is false accusing you. Now, it's a difference between like you are in a friendship outside of the church, you know. But when you have believers on the inside, and this what this is where we're going today, believers, fellow believers in Christ who falsely accuse you, that really hurts. It hurts deep when you, a brother or sister in Christ is falsely accusing you. But the Lord has given me a message to the body of Christ. And this is what he's saying. He said, many of my people have become, and you better hear this, hear this in the spirit. Many of my people have become the accuser of the brethren. Oh, my goodness. You need to type that in and say, Lord, help me not to be one of them. Come on, type it in and say, Lord, help me not to be one of them. Because we really have to evaluate ourselves. We really have to evaluate ourselves. Many people, many people in the body of Christ, many of the, our sisters and brothers in Christ, they sit up night and day trying to figure out how to bring accusation against God's people. They are intentionally in their pursuit, and they try to bring each person down. What happens is they begin to sow discord in the body of Christ. And God is not pleased with this. Now, the book of Revelation, it tells us a little bit more about Satan's role as the accuser. Now, keep in mind, now, what 
what we in the body of Christ and where we are, a lot of people in the body of Christ are accusing each other, constantly accusing each other. And that is not, that's not of God. But we're going to see today in our lesson, the real accuser of the brethren is Satan. Now, out of the book of Revelation, it talks about, uh, Revelation chapter uh, 12, it says, Then I heard a loud voice in heaven say, Now have come the salvation and the power and the kingdom of God and the authority of his Messiah. For the accuser of the brothers and sister, sisters who accuses them before our God day and night has been hurled down. We have to understand that Satan is relentless in his accusation. He accuses us day and night before God. There are many people right now who are facing some accusations. And again, some of those accusations are true, but it's how we deal with those accusations. Now, if you could just bear with me as I parallel this uh, practical, uh, practical um, accusation versus our spiritual. There are many people right now that are serving in jail and prison sentences because of false accusations. They are locked up in prisons for life or for a number of years because they were falsely accused. I have had the opportunity to go visit people who were incarcerated, whether in our local jail or either going down into a prison to minister. Now, in the prison, the walls, the security, the fences, the doors, the guards, it all brings you into a, a sense, a reality that once a person is in there, they're locked up. They are locked up, they're jailed, they can't come out until it's their appointed time. There's a spirit of oppression that's there in those, those places. The living conditions, I'm quick, I mean, just, just imagining the living conditions aren't very comfortable. I've heard that the food is not that good as well. There are fights, there are lockdowns, confinements, they're living among strangers every day. So day in and day out, they are in frightening and even challenging situations. They have been robbed of their life of freedom. They've been robbed of joy because they have been falsely accused. They have been sentenced. And can you imagine every day that they wake up and feel so much anger because they have been confined to a place that says you are guilty and that they are not innocent. Can you really imagine that? being a life of someone every day, waking up in a prison cell, knowing that what people have falsely accused them of is not true, but yet they have to serve a sentence there. That's devastating. Now, when we talk about on the real, real, if these people who have been falsely accused have not accepted the Lord and have forgiven their accusers, then they're living a life full of sorrow and misery. Their hearts have grown cold and calloused, and they're seeking revenge. They are hurting others just like others have hurt them. Be, and so, so we have to see just on the real, real, if this was a case in our particular life, can you imagine the bitterness that we have against those who have accused us? 
Satan, he is the accuser of the brethren and have many of you locked up behind the prison walls in your mind because of what someone said to you when you were uh, a child, a teenager, and even in your adult life. He uses those voices in their head, to, in your head, to laugh at you, to ridicule you, to mock you, to demean you, to confine you, to restrict you, to torment you, and to make you feel as if you're not, you will never be successful, that you'll never uh, prosper, and that you would never meet your potential. He accuses you day and night. He causes you that to believe that God has not forgiven you. He causes you to believe that your sins have not been pardoned. He uses your past sins to keep you locked up in that prison. He's constantly saying that you are guilty. Those are the accusations that the enemy bring up against us because he is the accuser of the brethren. But the Lord wants you to know today, my sister and my brother, that you have to deal with those accusations. You got to deal with the voices in your head, the accusations that's been tormenting you, the accusations that's been causing you to lose sleep, the accusations that's caused you to lose your joy and peace. God is saying right now that in the spirit, you got to be able to combat those things with the power of God that works on the inside of you. You got to say to the enemy, Satan, no more. I refuse to allow your accusations to keep you from, keep me from reaching my destiny. Come on, give God praise right there because I feel an anointing on that right now. These accusations have come up against your marriage. They've come up against your family. They've come up against your business. They've come up against your health. They've come up against your ministry, and they've come up against your life. Satan is the accuser of the brethren. He is the real accuser of the brethren, but Satan uses people around us to bring accusations against us. Come on, saints of God, you got to get up into a place in your mind that you say, Satan, I will not allow you to use me any longer. Come on, keep your mouth off of God's people. Stop sowing discord because discord come from our mouth. Don't allow yourself to be an accuser of the brethren. So the accuser of the brethren, he wants us to give up. But I want to encourage you today that help is on the way. We have to deal with those voices of accusation that plagues us, the voices of accusations that isolate us. Satan, the accuser of the brethren, is after your mind. He's after your mind. Accusations can call our, our spiritual attack that cause us to get off track. We know in the scriptures that the enemy comes to steal to kill and destroy. But Jesus came that we may have life and life more abundantly. Now, how do these accusations enter, Pastor Margaret? Now, uh, accusations come in in so many different forms and shapes. But accusations flow through relationships. And so whether it's a relationship by friendship, a parent-child relationship, husband-wife relationships, co-workers, accusations usually come in the form of verbal. 
very verbal. It's what people say that cause things to get locked up in your mind to cause you to feel as what that accusation is, is true. The only way a person can access to access your mind is through that spoken word, which Satan used to cause word curses on us. He used a gossiper. He used a backbiter. He used a slanderer. He uses people to cause those words to come out of our mouth. Words, they, they do hurt. They go deep. Words hurt us. And words can build a, a, a prison in our mind. But we have to be so careful as children of God to uh, not to allow those words to dictate our future. Amen? Accusations are a product of our flesh because of hurt, disappointment, and offense. That's how they come in. When we are hurt, when we are offended, then that's when we begin to accuse. Because we always want to blame somebody for how we are. As of a, a result of our of accusations, anger come in, envy come in, jealousy come in, bitterness come in, hatred, malice, strife, and discord come in, all because of false allegations. There's a case in a scripture that I want to talk to you all about today uh, that uh, an accusation against a woman, it was actually true. But if you could just kind of put it in mind, just real quick, you remember in, um, in Genesis, Joseph, he was falsely accused by uh, Potiphar's wife. She falsely accused him of attempting, attempting to rape her. Jesus constantly was accused uh, by the scribes and Pharisees and the Sadducees. They were constantly trying to find an accusation to come up against Jesus. Job was accused uh, to God by Satan and, and saying, uh, Satan telling God, you know what, God, the only reason Job is serving you is because you are blessing him. But if you don't bless him, if he wasn't blessed in abundance, he wouldn't serve you. And so then here it is, Satan came to accuse Job before God. Now, don't you know that Satan is constantly, if, if Satan is bold enough to appear before God to accuse Job, don't you know that he's constantly accusing us day and night? We read it in the scripture in Revelation. He is constantly accusing the brethren day and night. Uh, so, so as we look through the scripture today, I want you to uh, understand that you will gain freedom as we talk about accusations. Now, I'm talking about right now, I'm getting ready to talk about accusations that have been proven to be true. Although exposure of our sins is embarrassing, shameful, it is good for us. Oh, Pastor Mark, what you talking about? I don't need this thing to stay uh, covered up. I don't want nobody to know about this. Because, see, what happens is once your sin is exposed, the enemy can no longer accuse you because you've, uh, you've exposed it. If you are the uh, one of the ones who are hiding sin, in order for your mind to be free from the torment and the accusations of the enemy, 
you have to uncover it. You have to expose it. As you uncover it, believe it or not, you will gain freedom. Proverbs 28, 13 says, he who covers sin will not prosper, but whosoever confess and forsake them will have mercy. Come on. God wants us free. That's why we have to repent. We have to repent of our sins. We have to turn away from the sins. So if you're one that's being tormented day and night by the accusations of the enemy, it's time again to expose it. And so that that way you can receive healing and deliverance. Um, so today in our text, we're going to be looking at the woman, a very familiar passage of scripture, where the woman who was caught in the very acts of adultery. This is coming out of John chapter number eight, and this is verse number one. It says, Jesus went unto the Mount of Olives, and early in the morning he came into the temple, and all the people came unto him, and, and he sat down and taught him. And guess who? Every time Jesus come around people to teach, guess who going to show up? The scribes and the Pharisees. And the scribes and, and the Pharisees, they brought unto him a woman taken in adultery. And when they had, uh, they had set her in his midst, they said unto him, Master, this woman was taken in adultery in the very act. Now, I want to pause here because we got to establish this. This woman who was caught in the very act of adultery, she committed a sin, a, a, a sin that was spoken about in the, uh, in the Old Testament regarding the Ten Commandments. She broke one of the Ten Commandments. And because the scribes and the Pharisees, they honored the Mosaic laws, that, that's what they live by. They live by the Mosaic laws. They had decided, hey, we caught this woman in the very act of adultery. Now, listen. Now, one of the things that I want to say about regarding this here you know sin is sin adultery is being pointed out here but there's sin uh sin is not it's no little sin big sin or whatever sin is is sin so but these people brought this woman to jesus because he want they wanted to see how jesus was going to re respond to them now when it, when we kind of look at this here and we see the scribes and the Pharisees, the ones who, it, when, whenever you read in the scriptures, uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you're always seeing how they were always around looking for something or looking for a way to accuse Jesus. Well, they figured out, okay, I got another way today. I'm getting ready to bring this woman who we caught. We caught her. We caught her in the very act. Now, now you wonder, now how, how, how y'all catching her? <laughs> you know, you wonder right now, well, what you, was you peeking through the little curtain? What, what, what were you doing there? That would be the question. Why are you there? What's wrong with you? Come on back. Come on now. You saying you call her in the very act of adultery. And then, then it goes on and says, says they said unto her, her master, this woman was taken in adultery the very act. Now, the very fact that, you know, how, you know, this is, this is how, how we act, you know. Here, these scribes and Pharisees, you know, they're, they're, they don't, don't like Jesus. They're always trying to find accusations against Jesus. But then they had the nerve in this particular passage. It's, they call him master, trying to have that false humility. You know how we act, the false humility. Like, yeah, we really submitted, but we're really not. We're waiting for some, something to happen so that we can accuse our leader, accuse our master accused the one 
who's over us, waiting for a, a, a mistake, waiting for a, uh, something to just to say, oh no, they ain't like what, you, what, 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 what they really act like. Uh-uh. Come on, come on. You know how it is. You know how it is. Come on. You know how it is. People will try to pick up anything to try to falsely accuse you. I'm telling you, you better have, make sure as a leader, you better make sure you have everything. It, it, what goes for one goes for all. Because I'm telling you, people are always looking for a, one, a way to accuse you. So here it is, this false humility that the, that the Pharisees coming up to, ask, to talk to Jesus and calling him master, referring to him as master. And they said, now the Mo now Moses in the law commanded us that uh, that such should be stoned. But what sayest thou? Now hear it again. Now listen. Now if they was really honoring the law of Moses, they would not have brought her to Jesus. Think about it. See, this is what this is what what happens is because the enemy is always trying to bring something to accuse us. They was all they already didn't like Jesus. They were steady trying to find something that I can accuse her accuse accuse Jesus with. And so, if they was really following the Mosaic law, what should have taken place once they caught her in the very act? They should have just got got got, got her out doing whatever, and then they should have done that. But then again, here goes how these accusations and how they people are always trying to trap you to do something or say something to see how you're going to respond so that that way they can accuse you of not following the rule. Amen. And so then it goes on and says uh, that they, that you're show, but what did I say? And they said, this is verse number six. It says this, they said, tempting him that they might have uh, to accuse him but Jesus stooped down and with his finger wrote on the ground as though he heard them not now I call this whenever I see this in the scripture how Jesus kind of ignore people I call it the spirit of ignore and I have learned to do this in my life with Christ is to put on that spirit of ignore like Lord I hear what these people are saying but right now I am getting ready to ignore it because I am not going to respond uh, to what they're saying because basically again they're trying to test and try try you to see how how, how you are going to respond to what their comment is so I'm telling you it's okay Jesus put on the spirit of ignore. So I've learned, I said, I'm going to be like Jesus. <laughs> so I'm like, I put on a spirit of ignore. Like, I, okay, I, I, I know you saying something, but right now I choose to ignore what you're saying. And so then verse number seven, it says, so they continued asking him. So here's that nagging accent. They continued to ask him. He lifted up himself and said unto them, he is he is without sin he that is without sin among you let him cast a stone at her this is it he was he was giving them a very wise word he has said to them now if you have never if you've never sinned what i want you to do is i want you to cast the first stone now listen the accuser of the brethren is also a sinner among the brethren. Come on. The accuser of the brethren 
is also a sinner among the brethren. So isn't it amazing how people can point out your sin? They could point out everything that's wrong with you. They could bring you before the pastors, the bishops, the deacons, the deaconesses. They could bring you for the ministers. They could bring you before the whole church, and they could display your sin. But yet and still, they just full of sin themselves. And so the ones who were accusing this woman, they themselves was also sinners. Come on, this is this is the point as I was had up that I was making earlier is that many people in the body of Christ have become the accuser of the brethren. And God is not pleased with that. Just as in this particular passage of scripture here, Jesus had to give the wisdom of God on this situation because God was not, is not pleased with it. Jesus was not pleased with how they were because Jesus knew everything about them. I'm pretty sure if Jesus wanted to, he could have exposed them as well. Because he knows everything. God knows everything about us. And I'm telling you, I don't care how much you try to fix up, fake up, perform up your sin. I'm telling you, try to cover it up. God will expose you. And Jesus could have easily exposed them by naming their sin because he knew it. So, but he said, whosoever among you who has not sinned. Because Jesus knew that they had sinned. But whosoever among you have not sinned, I want you to be the first one to pick up the stone and I want you to throw it at him. Come on. Do you see how this work? These religious leaders, these elders, these they, the, the ones, they knew the law. They knew, they knew everything about the Mosaic law. If they wanted to, like I said earlier, they could have stoned that woman. But God, in his mercy, in his grace, and because he loved us so much, says, let us know that I love you in spite of your sin. He, left, he gave this story in the Bible, this biblical example of Jesus' love for everyone. For everyone. And so then here goes, it says, uh, and so then it, it says, and so then, I'm going to read this verse 7 again. So when they continued asking him, he lifted up himself and said unto them, that he that is without sin among you, let him first cast a stone at her. And, uh, and so and then, then it goes on and says, they would have, um, okay, I'm verse seven. I'm, I'm reading through my notes. <laughs> verse number eight. And again, he stooped down and he wrote on the ground. He, he, he started writing back, back on the ground again. He's like, okay, I'm waiting. Because look, look, God is, the Lord is so patient with us. And so here he's like, okay, I'm going to leave you with this word, and now I want you to think about it. So Jesus went back down to the ground, and he started writing on the ground again because uh, he was waiting for their response, whether or not they're going to be convicted in their heart or they're going to proceed with trying to stone this woman and condemn her. Come on. When people have sinned, I don't, I don't care what people know about you. Because everybody have a past. Everybody have a past. And a lot of times people bring up your past because they want you to look bad in front of somebody else. 
but they don't tell you none of their dirt, none of it, because they want to look good in your eyes. But I'm telling you, after a while, their dirt will start showing up. And then you sitting thinking, well, they was up here telling all this person's business and that person's business, trying to make them look bad and all that, and they got all this here. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. you. I say this often. You better watch your circle. You better watch your circle. You better you watch those ones who always constantly trying to point out everybody else's fault. They can do no wrong. They're perfect. They don't sin. But they're walking around with this big, long beam out their eyes. And because you, because you got so wrapped up and tied up and tangled up in, in a gift that they have or what they give to you, you can't even see it. You can't even discern it. But I'm telling you, God is called, saying to us, we need to open our eyes so we can see that everybody ain't, uh, everybody who say that they got it all together really don't have it all together. So he stooped down and he started writing the ground. Verse number nine, it says, and they which heard it, they heard this here strong, convicting word. Um, being convicted by their own conscience went out one by one. You know how people should be like, uh-oh, I'm guilty. Oop, guilty. And where they was like, you know, can you imagine them saying, stoner, stoner. I'm just, I'm just making this up. If they was out there saying, yeah, she need to be stoned. She need to be stoned. She need to be stoned. And Jesus tell them, and then they was like, uh-oh. He did without sin, let him cast the verse out. I got my stone in the hand. And then all of a sudden, drop the head. Like, oh, my God, I'm a sinner. <laughs> I've done worse things. I'm a sinner, and here I am trying to condemn somebody else. So then here it here goes. You know, they, they, they uh, begin to uh, think about what, what, what was going on in their life. And their heart was convicted. And then the Bible says that w they went out one by one, beginning at the elders. Come on. Older people are examples. Older people are examples. The people who are leaders, they're examples. And we have to make sure that we are following the patterns of God. So because here, here go, starting with the eldest person, they're like, let me drop this stone. And then those people begin to fade away. And Jesus was left alone and the woman standing in the midst. And when Jesus had lifted up himself and saw none but the woman, he said unto her, Woman, where are those thine accusers? He asked her. He said, where, where are they? Where are those accusers? In other words, listen. When you're in the presence of Jesus, accusations drop off of you. When you're in his presence, accusations fall off of you. When you're in the presence of Jesus Christ, forgiveness comes. Sin drops off of you. 
Healing come to you. Love and acceptance come to you when you're in the presence of Jesus. The enemy cannot stay in the presence of Jesus. You see how those people who was representing the, the enemy and his, his condemnation and his accusations against um, uh, this woman, you see how suddenly when God arrives, the enemy is scattered. They left. I'm telling you, saints of God, the struggle that you're going on, that's going on in your mind, and Satan is constantly accusing you day and night, get in the presence of Jesus. Get in his presence because when you get in his presence, all those accusations, all those feelings of guilt, all the feelings of shame, all those feelings of condemnation, they begin to leave you. Because they can't stay in the presence of Jesus. Come on, some of you right now, you need to get your mind back right. Get your mind back right. You know the word. You know what the word says regarding the uh, resist the devil and he will flee. You know the word regarding uh, being humble before God. You know the word regarding uh, that we need to cast out every imagination that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. You know that we are supposed to walk in the full armor of God, holding that shield of faith up. Come on, it's time for us to get back in our right position because if you don't, the accuser of the brethren will continue to stay in your mind mind and cause you hardship and cause you to feel condemned and cause you to feel unloved that cause you to feel unworthy but Jesus Christ have come right now to set you free from those mind accusations some things that's in your mind right now is not because people have accused you it's because you are self-condemning yourself you don't like yourself and because you don't like yourself you are condemning yourself you are judging yourself more harshly than you should and because of that Satan has gain access to your mind and he's talking to you based upon things that you're putting in your mind based upon your accusations you have given him that access but right now in the name of Jesus you gotta deny Satan access from your mind the accuser of the brother is coming after you but God is saying right now loose my sister Satan and let her go you cannot have her mind. You will not torment her any longer. In the name of Jesus, be free from those false accusations. Be free from the accusations of the enemy. Be free from the things of the past that Satan is still calling you are guilty of. Jesus Christ and his blood has washed you. He has made you whole. Be whole, my sister. Be whole. Be whole. And so Jesus has said to, to her, said, woman, where are those thine accusers? Has no man condemned thee? And she said to him, no man, Lord. And Jesus said to her, neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin no more. He's saying to her, you know what? You got another opportunity. You have an another opportunity. You was a sinner. You was caught in adultery. You were wrong in what you were doing. But because I love you so much and because I'm a forgiving God, I forgive you. Your sins are forgiven. Your sins are forgiven. But I want you to have this message right now, uh, woman. I want you to go. And I don't want you to sin again. 
See, this is what this is this is this is this is key. Because many of us, after we have received forgiveness, after we have received deliverance, de- received deliverance, we go back into that same sin. Stay out of that sin. That's not your life, and that's not the life that God wants for you. God wants you to have a lifestyle of freedom, a lifestyle of love. He wants you to walk in the spirit and not fulfill the lust of the flesh. He wants you to understand that God has not given you a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. You got to walk in that. You have to understand that when Satan come up against you, you got to say out loud, I am forgiven. I am loved by God. God has not condemned me. I am not condemning myself. I have been forgiven. I am a child of God. You got to begin to open up your mouth, and you got to say, no weapon formed against me will prosper. And every tongue that come up against me in judgment has already been condemned. God is my vindicator, and because God has vindicated me, I am not going to give Satan access to my mind. The accuser of the brethren got to fall right now in the name of Jesus. I will not allow the enemy to stay in my mind. Get your mind back. Get your mind back. And so our lesson today was dealing with accusations. Dealing with the accusations that the enemy come up against us with. Woman, man, your sins are forgiven. The accuser of the brethren, he he got to go. And you got to be able to stand up against him. So right now, I speak to you all right now. Some of y'all who are listening, you have found yourself condemning your own self. You accuse your own self. You look at yourself and you don't like who you see. You talk about yourself and your past life. You look at the former things and feel as if that no matter what you do for Christ is not good enough. Listen, child of God, God loves you. And if you have repented of that sin, guess what? You are accepted. But if there's some things, some residue that's still kind of there, You need to say, Lord, deliver me from this unclean spirit because that's an unclean spirit that's yet there that has to be dealt with. Come on, ask God to heal you. Ask him to bring deliverance to you. He'll do it for you. So I speak to you right now, and I pray right now. Father God, I pray for everyone who's listening right now. Father God, Satan has condemned so many of my sisters and brothers. And Father God, they feel as if, oh God, Lord, that they're, they're, they, they can't be helped. But Father God, minister to them right now where they are. Minister healing and minister deliverance to them, Father. Let them know that you care about them and you love them, Father. Father God, give them the strength to overcome sin. And even to expose the things, oh God, that Satan will, is tormenting them with, Father. Let them confess their sins and say it out loud so that, that way they could be free, Father God, free from the guilt and shame. So, Father God, we bless you right now. The Lord, you, oh God, are helping right now, bringing deliverance to all the ones who's listening, the ones who have been falsely accused and ones, oh God, who have been rightfully accused. Father God, we bless you right now that your hand of mercy and grace is upon us and you're helping us right now in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. 
Well, thank you so much for listening. I pray this message have blessed you today. Praise God. Um, I've said a, a couple different things, and, and I pray that it ministered something to you. If, if it have, praise God, go ahead and put some comments, throw up some emojis. Uh, let me know if this message is helping you, maybe digging you out of a place where you feel as if you're condemned or feel like you're constantly being accused and you don't know how to come out of it. But just know that God, he loves you, and he wants the best for you. Amen. So thank you all so much again for joining me tonight. Today, I'm sorry, for Women of Destiny, I appreciate you so very much. And